In 2013, Children's of Alabama opened the Pediatric and Infant Center for Acute Nephrology. The center, known as PECAN, is dedicated to providing multidisciplinary clinical care for children with acute kidney injury and neonates with kidney disease. In this episode of the ASN Kidney News Podcast, ASN Executive Director Todd Ibrahim speaks with PECAN's Medical Director, Dr. David Askenazi, about the center and its creation, as well as the importance of an integrated approach to comprehensive care in children with kidney disease. Hi, Dr. Askenazi. We really appreciate your uh, taking the time to do this. So are you, I mean, I guess I've been to UAB a couple of times. Are you the children's hospital that's affiliated with UAB? Is that the way to think about it? Correct. We're the only freestanding children's hospital. And so I work at the children's hospital, but I work, you know, for UAB. In other words, I'm, the Department of Pediatrics is under the direction of the university. But the children's hospital is a, is a separate nonprofit in which, you know, that's, that's where kind of our patients go. That's obviously, I mean, a wonderful place. It's the third largest uh, pediatric medical facility in the U.S. What it's sort of similarly sized, just so we have sort of a lay of the land. Um, so we have a brand new children's hospital that is kind of integrated kind of with the former hospital. And so kind of from a number of beds, uh, we're, we're pretty big. Um, I think the, certainly Texas Children's Hospital is significantly bigger. Um, we have approximately 350 beds, which is uh, pretty large for a children's hospital. And we're the only independent children's hospital in the, in the state of Alabama. So we get any complex problem in, in the entire state, and sometimes in the panhandle of Florida and in Georgia and in Mississippi, uh, will come our way. So it makes us pretty, it makes us, you know, we have a pretty wide catch area, uh, and kind of we're the only game in town. So because you have such a wide sort of catch area, is that why you created the center? Yeah, so the center was created for several reasons. I've always been interested in acute kidney injury and, uh, you know, critical care nephrology. And, and that's where my interests have been. And the, and the idea came from the work that we were doing from a research front as well as the care that we were providing uh, and the education we were doing. Uh, the idea really kind of blossomed from trying to bring it all together and become, you know, more comprehensive in what we do. So that's kind of how the idea of the center started and, and so far been really well accepted. So how do you, I mean, I guess I'm curious as to how you make the care more comprehensive or how you organize care in such a way where it can be more comprehensive. Yeah, I think from a comprehensive standpoint, part of it is the personnel. Uh, in other words, when we do research studies, the you know our research nurses are, are communicating with our clinical nurses. From an education standpoint, the head of our clinical care nurse who is a wonderful person and a great educator, is, you know, does a lot of the education throughout our campus as well as, uh, you know, at, at other seminars and other sessions. And so I think a lot of it is the, just having a core group of people who are focused on the same mission. And so our research personnel, for example, who is, you know, very, very gifted in databases, also kind of helps maintain our clinical care database so that we can know how we're doing and improve the quality of our care. So it's just kind of an integrated approach to a specific focus in our hospital, which is, you know, kind of the uh, acute care injury and the renal support therapy that these children need. So what kind of cases do you see in terms of uh, acute kidney injury with young children and, and infants? So we're learning more and more Historically, even, you know, five, ten years ago when I was going through residency, 
most of the cases for acute renal failure were thought to be secondary to hemolytic uremic syndrome and glomerulonephritis. Um, what we've learned is that's not the case. What we're learning is that probably 90% or more of cases of acute kidney injury are caused in the hospital, secondary to other problems. For example, uh, you know, cardiac surgery, patients who are receiving chemotherapy or other nephrotoxic medications, sepsis. Uh, and so as our pediatric colleagues have improved their care and as uh, intensive care abilities have improved, sometimes one of the consequences to keeping people alive is that their kidneys uh, get injured, which then brings forth the need to have integrated approach to providing care and dialysis for those children who otherwise would die without renal support therapy. So for the children who are on dialysis, I know you're one of the few centers that offers home hemodialysis for children. And I'm just wondering, as you think about the future, do you think this will be a modality that will increase in prevalence? And what are some of the challenges in terms of providing a home hemo to, to children? Yeah, so our, our hospital has really been wonderful in uh, allowing us opportunities to provide the best care possible to our patients. As I mentioned, you know, our catch area is so wide that sometimes we have children come in from two, three hours away for uh, in-center hemodialysis. These are the, the chronic patients who are, you know, been classified as end-stage renal disease. By having a program that allows us to provide uh, home therapies, it does two really major things. One, um, it clearly, for many of our families, improves the ability to function as a family. You can imagine having to drive somewhere for two and a half hours and then, you know, dialyzing for four hours and then headed back home for another two and a half hours. That's a complete full day. So by having a home hemodialysis program, we're enabling our parents to provide this care for their loved ones in a way that is more manageable to them. And then secondly, um, there's growing data amongst, you know, some adult and pediatric studies looking at more frequent dialysis. And there's pretty clear data, to me at least, that cardiovascular outcomes are improved. And for pediatrics, growth, which is a great measure of how a body is able to uh, to respond to chronic illness, there's pretty good data that children grow better when they have more frequent dialysis. So the home hemodialysis program serves these families on both those fronts. You'd mentioned growth. So as your patients, as they sort of move into adulthood, how do you handle those transitions with the adult nephrologist? Yeah, so, you know, we consider the uh, transition of a pediatric patient to an adult patient much like a graduation from high school in that it's not just one particular day that we just say, okay, it's time for you to transition, good luck. It's it's really kind of a, a build-up. Our goal is to provide them all the skills that they need to be able to function in an adult medical community. And so we start preparing these kids really from the time they become teenagers. So from the time they're 13, sometimes all the way till they're 20, 21, we work to prepare them to uh, get them to be able to take care of themselves and get them able to have smart communications with who will be their nephrologist. And what are, I mean, I guess I'm just sort of curious, is for a patient who has been a patient since they were an infant or a young child compared to an adult patient, what are some of the differences that you face that an adult nephrologist may not face with when they're helping someone? Uh, you mean in, in the standpoint of during the course or during the transition? Yeah, let me, let me ask it differently. I, I guess I'm, I'm wondering about you have a patient who's a 
child and then your patients obviously grow with you and as, as they move into adulthood, they probably have a very different perspective on kidney disease than an adult who has kidney disease for the first time. And I'm just wondering what some of your memorable experiences with specific patients that you could share with us. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest differences in caring for a child uh, is that you're really caring for the for the entire family, especially if they're really small infants when they are diagnosed with uh, severe renal failure. You know, the families need to be taught how to provide nutrition, usually through enteral feedings, um, how to, you know, prepare the formula, how to um, provide them with, you know, many different medications, and uh, and then as they mature, some of that is, is then placed on the child's responsibility. So that transition of allowing a child to slowly learn how to take care of themselves is a process that we work on from, you know, early on in childhood. I think in the situation where it's, it's been a lifelong disease process, those kids are usually ready by the time they're, you know, 17 or 18, assuming that they're neurodevelopmentally uh, intact. And they just kind of know that part of their day is to give shots and take medicines and uh, watch their diet in specific ways. The more challenging patients are sometimes the adolescents who are fine until, let's say, they're 13, 14 years of age. And so trying to, you know, get them to change their lifestyle uh, at that point is sometimes extremely difficult. Um, different teenagers develop at different time points. And so one of the things that we emphasize in our program is that we don't uh, we don't transition folks over to an adult program necessarily when they hit a certain age. Uh, what we're looking for is certain, you know, uh, cognitive milestones, things like can they communicate with a physician? Do they uh, communicate with a nurse to make adjustments in their medications? Are they able to um, recite their medicines? Uh, are they able to understand their, their history and their disease process? And, and that can differ substantially from person to person and from family to family. And how much support do you get from, I'm just thinking of infrastructure with the family from the, the state of Alabama or from if it's beyond the state boundary, you know, from, from your catch area? I mean, I'm just wondering how much government plays a role in helping the families with nutrition and, and other things. Well, I, I could tell you that from the standpoint of our children's hospital, we have an incredible place where they understand that the care of the patient has to be multidisciplinary. So everything we do from acute dialysis to chronic dialysis to transplant uh, and, and even in children who have chronic kidney disease, uh, we're very, very fortunate to have a lot of personnel, and we really kind of uh, look at ourselves as part of a team where, um, again, in our transplant program, for example, every time they come to clinic, not only do they see the physician, but they see a nutritionist, and they see a social worker, and they see a, a, a transplant coordinator. Uh, they'll see a child life therapist. They'll see the surgery team and, and whoever else they need to, to see. So, uh, so we're really, really fortunate that we do get the ability to care for these patients uh, with a great team. And a lot of a lot of resources. You received the Norm Siegel Research Scholar Grant in, in 2011, and of course the grant's named after ASN's president, um, Norm Siegel, who was a pediatric nephrologist who was president in 2003. Just wondering, kind of, what the focus of your grant was, and how you've been able to use that experience to move your career forward. Yeah, so it's been it was a, a tremendous honor to receive this award. Um, 
As you mentioned, Dr. Norman Siegel is one of the pioneers in pediatric nephrology. He was a tremendous physician scientist and, and really uh, was a leader in at his institution as a department chair. He was leader at the level of the American Society of Pediatric Nephrology, and as you mentioned, he was the president of the ASN. You know, having that grant really opened a lot of doors for me by uh, allowing me to really uh, focus on, on research, uh, having the protected time that I needed to um, put forth some studies. We uh, we did a prospective analysis looking at 150 premature neonates and trying to really paint the the landscape of how to define acute kidney injury, how often they incidence, uh, looking at the outcomes, uh, trying to understand risk factors, and, and focusing on the uh, improving our ability to detect kidney damage through urine biomarkers. It also allowed me to really have great contact with my mentor, Anupam Agarwal, who's one of the, another leader in the American Society of Nephrology. And working with him, he has taught me tremendous about, about uh, specific pathophysiologic mechanisms of acute kidney injury, including uh, hemoxygenase 1. And he's, uh, it just has really opened a lot of mentorship doors for me, not only from uh, Dr. Agarwal, but others as well. So I definitely am feel extremely fortunate to have received that award. And it it really has been a a great stepping stone for me to uh, continue to try to improve our understanding of uh, neonatal acute kidney injury. So as you look to the future, what do you see as some of the future opportunities for the uh, center? So um, we are definitely at the infancy of care of uh, neonates who have acute kidney injury. Although neonates have an incidence rate of acute kidney injury that's probably higher than any other critically ill population, uh, we currently don't have any therapies to provide them. And many, many babies that are born premature, we don't have even devices to, to support them with dialysis. And, and I think that's going to change. I think that some of the work that we've done here on, on a new device that has a very small extracorporeal volume and some other folks around the world are really starting to investigate better machines that are better adapted to newborns. So I think that's definitely going to change. Um, the other part is that we really are still at an infancy point in that we don't have a standardized definition and we're still learning even how to define acute kidney injury in these babies. But I'm very certain that over the next 5, 10 years, we'll be able to not only improve our understanding of the disease process, but really make an impact and improve the outcomes of these small, vulnerable infants. Well, Dr. Askenazi, thank you very much for joining us for today's discussion. Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology, all rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified healthcare provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.